This episode of Rockcast is brought to you by rock sponsor Subsplash. Subsplash is a technology company that provides software solutions for churches and nonprofit organizations. Connect with Subsplash today at rockrms.com slash sponsors. Welcome to this edition of Rockcast. I'm Emily Foreman. I have John Edmiston and Nick Erdo, and we are going to take you behind the scenes today into what's happening at Spark Development Network and all the progress that we're making inside Rock. Now, as usual, we like to start out with an update on where we are on our latest release. So Nick, can you talk to us about that a little bit? Sure thing. We just released yesterday version 11.1 into beta. Um, we had several people using it in alpha, didn't find really anything there. We, we did throw a few more fixes into the alpha, um, oh, actually the beta, which is now out. And we expect that that will move forward to production within 10 days, probably the 15th of September-ish. And we're going to start, we've already started on 11.2. So as soon as we have a few more fixes in that, that will go to alpha. And those are just some small, weird edge cases having to do with uh, event registration. That's that's primarily what's going to be in 11.2. So 11.2, expect that fairly soon after yeah. 11.1. Yeah, one, like a one-two punch. Yeah. So that shows that we're trying to get smaller, bigger releases and quicker on the, on the uh, minor releases. Yeah. So it's a good cadence. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, before we know it, version 12 will be... <laughs> On our heels, <laughs> waiting for testers to kick the tires on that. Yeah, that's exciting. I mean, a lot of the big features that we talked about are nearly done. They're just in like the polishing and final stages. So, and and, the, and those aren't small features. Those are those are some big features that um, are close to being ready. Yeah, I feel like there's V13 features also yeah. that I've seen. So, things are moving fast, but. Um, we're, again, we're trying to pick up the pace, and we need always need more beta testers that want to become alpha testers. So, oh, I was going to ask yeah. about that. How are our testing teams doing? We've had because of the the situation in our world, and um, people in IT are especially uh, being pulled in many directions. We've had a couple people had to bow bow out, mm. haven't been involved in alpha testing. So, we definitely are looking for more alpha testers. And that we have those requirements online on the community site, right? If someone's interested, they could find out more. Yeah, and I, I'd also want them to contact me even directly. Okay. You know, Slack me, or not Slack, uh, chat me on Rocket Chat. And um, if, if you think that you are interested and you have a question about anything, just come and talk to me because it's worth my while. It's worth all of our while to get them on board. And if they if they're concerned or struggling with a particular aspect of alpha testing, you know, I can ease their concerns and help them over that um, that bump. And there's other alpha testers that are willing and wanting to help them as well. So we're all here on standby, ready to help them help all of us <laughs> onboard some new alpha testers. Yeah, we definitely a need a strong team. Great on road to being a rock star too. If a, a very active alpha and beta tester, I mean, that's a it's like a shared thing. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> because it's a it's a very, very important task. Yeah, and it takes some time. I mean, it's not something you just sign up for and right. just kind of do. Um, 
It's a commitment. A lot of people on that team put significant time into that. And it's such a huge uh, blessing to the community to, to do that. Yeah. And just the point of history, you know, years ago, I pointed um, at uh, a vendor and said, hey, you guys need to do testing. And, you know, us as a nonprofit, Spark Development Network, we 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 can't quite afford that and the product. But we're trying. We're doing more of, of, of that. And QA is, is on our roadmap to strengthen that. But in the meantime, this open source project is really relying on on our community testers. And that's how we're building this thing forward. So it's I'm very passionate about that point because I was passionate about it 15 years ago. And I think one thing that makes Rock unique is the extensibility. You can some of the things that we design and build are being used in ways we hadn't planned on them to be built. And so it's only the alpha and beta testers that have these unique edge cases and use cases that really help that testing. Because if if we test it the way it's supposed to be done, we would have a very rigid product. And yeah. we don't want that. That's the antithesis of Rock. Is Rock is a flexible, extensible product. Mm-hmm. That means it can be stretched in different ways that we need people to test it in all those different ways. Yeah, and we're going through that right now with the community um, of testers with label printing and the new features we've added and they're finding cases that we didn't necessarily uh, account for. So it's, it's all good when, when we all come together like that. Well, sometimes it's having to work around tax that have been put in too, that it's doubly hard because we don't know what you did to change things. And, (laughs) and, and we're working really hard to try to bring education into the right ways to change things um, through the architecture series and other you know, discussions we have on the podcast. Yes. Yes. So if you are not watching those architecture series videos yet, you really should. Yeah. Which kind of actually leads me into the topic I wanted to talk about, which is our fundraising. So we talked about our fundraising a bit at uh, VRX 2020, which I don't know if I'm the only one, but I feel like the conference was yesterday and also two years ago. (laughs) And I don't really Mm -hmm. know how time does that, but I think it's a 2020 thing. We talked a lot about our fundraising and some of the things we discovered over the course of the last year um, related to some intentions that maybe weren't quite uh, met and some things that just fell off. And we've been doing a lot of work. In fact, um, we've been making phone calls to a lot of churches and just checking in. And and it's really been confirming that a lot of uh, churches had an intention to uh, donate and maybe even had a commitment, but it just kind of fell off the radar in the middle of all the craziness of 2020. Maybe a card declined uh, because they had they had to replace it or um, just some other things happened. And I think what was lacking really was a lot of automation of giving in many cases. So I did just want to follow up and mention that we have been doing uh, a lot of talking with churches and in most cases where we've seen a commitment and not a donation. That was a a completely accidental situation and and everybody's being pretty good about rectifying that. However, we are still in the position of about 60% of churches that use Rock have a commitment to donate or are donating, which means we have about 40% of churches um, that aren't. Um, And uh, when you add in those with a commitment or a donation kind of below the suggested amount, it does make it very hard for us to do the things that that you guys have both been talking about here this morning, which is to, you know, put the gas pedal down, to work harder, to to do things like, hey, what are some community hacks and how do we add extra development and understanding and discovery around that? 
those are all things we want to do, but it is challenging to do in a, a less than fully funded state. Um, so if you look at the number of, of organizations in our community that are in that small and new category, which is why we have the funding model that we do, it's not 40%. So we still have some work to do in that. And I think some of it's in education and some of it is uh, in contact. But if your organization, uh, if you don't know whether or not you're donating at the suggested minimum amount or not, it's probably something you want to find out. And if, uh, you know, it's it's kind of in your lap because there's only so much that we can do as we're running here trying to keep everything moving. Yeah. If it's your organization, uh, you probably need to be the person to stand up for how valuable Rock is and to help get that funding in place. Yeah, I mean, we say Rock is not a product, it's a community. And the f- topic of fundraising is a topic that the whole community has to be involved with. And um, even if your church is is giving at the recommend level it's it's part of the it's a community problem so we all it need is. to work together to to solve it and you know that it's really encouraging some of the generosity we see from some churches and sometimes it's a little discouraging from other churches that's that are large enough and are using it and getting the value but yet still don't donate um, and have made a decision not to we have yeah. heard from some organizations that they have decided not to donate and that's that's the discouraging part Right. Um, but you mentioned if your organization is donating at the right level, I would say congratulations. You are now an ambassador of why there's value in donating to Rock at the right level. So when you're speaking with other organizations, just make sure that you communicate your love and value and investment in Rock the same way you do about the feature set that you use or about how the community is empowering you. Those should all be tied together in conversation. Um, and and that's really what's going to make the big difference here. Yeah. And it is making a difference. I mean, if you look it at is. all that's been accomplished with the limited resources, I mean, we, we know that God's involved. And that's why <laughs> at the top of every page, if you look in the source, to God be the glory, it's been there from almost I, almost day one, literally. Yeah. And it's it so rings true. And it's really, you know, he's been present in all of this. And we are so thankful to all those who've come alongside because there are some very generous organizations that are whose leadership truly gets this and absolutely you know daily i'm blown away by you know by the commitment that the community has seen in this i completely agree the generosity and the encouragement that we get um, from some of the organizations that have um seen the value and committed to us and and will call us and tell us or email and say this is so important to our organization and we want you to feel uh to feel that to feel that support it's incredible and we could not do this without those organizations and the plans that we have for the future i mean from an even technical perspective feature perspective i mean we we have a vision and a roadmap that needs continuing resourced funding and yeah if they could only see what what i you know you can see on the, the whiteboards here um, or in John's black book uh, where we're going. You, it's just so exciting. And you, you can have a lot of faith that this is not a product uh, platform that's just going to get abandoned and stale. Mm-hmm. That's never going to happen with the team here at the helm. So it's exciting to think about what, what can be done once we're, again, fully funded and funded well. Um, and I was going to add, if you're a church that's not donating, we'll sick Frank on you, Frank Grand, or, <laughs> or or maybe you should reach out to Frank Grand and get some tips and pointers on on 
you know, how to sell it, how to communicate the, the value to your, to your leadership. There's many in the community that who, who are eager to make those types of, you know, conversations Absolutely. and help, you know, communicate the value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if it is a conversation you're not used to having and aren't quite sure how to pose it, I would say ask in the community because yeah. there are lots of people that have had a great um, experience with that. Definitely. So things don't look quite the same this year. I know I've been extra busy. I know the team here has been extra busy. And I think that the people who listen to our podcast have been extra busy. And that's because we're working in that area where church and technology intersect. And suddenly that has become so much more vital to every church, no matter what their um, services or operations or mission statement looked like before 2020. Uh, technology has taken a center spotlight very quickly, and we've all been adapting. Yeah, and I, I just wanted to take a couple minutes just to talk about you know vision casting for for that. Um, I think if we look at where we're at now, we all see it that digital platforms and digital technology needs to become a forefront of what churches work on. It's not the primary thing. It's not the only thing, but it's definitely you know, much larger than it used to be. Then the term that comes to my mind is a second stage. So we've always had the weekend service as a stage. I mean, that's been for many churches, the primary and and sometimes, you know, almost the only stage. It used to be that we had uh, lots of different ministries within churches, probably too many and many, and that's been coddled down to a few strategic ministries and in, in the primary weekend stage. But we saw that that is putting a lot of eggs in one basket. And, and in t- times like this, you know, a pandemic is one option where that doesn't really work too well. <laughs> We've seen the need that we need to have, you know, a second stage and maybe even more, but these digital platforms really have become that second stage during this pandemic. And I don't think that's going to change. The, will, will the weekend stage come back and, you know, back to its, you know, former self? Probably, but we can't have all the eggs in one basket and people just need stuff every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it comes down to digital platforms to kind of fill those needs. And um, the problem is, you know, some leadership get that. I mean, the people we talk with um, quite often get that and they're making plans and and they're not quite sure where they're going, but they're know they're going and they're, and the good thing is they're innovating and trying things and experimenting. And that's exactly what we need in these times. I think I said at the conference, like we need to be prepared for all the millions of ideas that are being innovative right now. And then we're a part of that, but we also know that there's lots of experiments going on out there. So there are some leaderships that don't get that, that are still in the mindset of, of last year in terms of how they're allocating budgets or how they're allocating resources or even thought time. Um, it all starts with, with something that's very free and that's thinking time you know it's rare but we need to invest time into into that so you know what i think we need to do and talk about is how do we as people who are working in the in these areas elevate that to leadership teams that maybe aren't thinking that way so if your leadership team's coming like well we don't really want to invest too much in that or um, that project or you know our website is still the same uh, level of of capabilities mm-hmm. as it was last year. That's a problem. As we go into mobile, that's a problem. Like we need to reach people where they are, and that's web and mobile. Um, that's where they daily are. That everybody can't come to the campus every day. Um, 
So we need to be investing in that. So part of it is making sure that the leadership see it correctly as a second stage, that they're investing um, thought time and resources and dollars to that, helping them understand that. Um, but I would also say too, it's it's time to invest in ourselves. Um, and the kind of I always think in mental pictures, which makes me maybe a little weird, but you know, I, I would kind of see it as like, say there was a ministry in your church last year that was kind of small. It was, you know, people knew about the ministry, but it really wasn't spotlighted. It was just kind of one of those side projects that someone had. You know, think of that as like the digital ministry of last year. Now think of that ministry all of a sudden gets spotlighted. For some reason, something happens in, in the world and all of a sudden that ministry is one of the most important things, almost as important as the weekend service. You imagine there's going to be more resource dollars, more resource time, more people attached to that. But you're also going to see uh, probably the person leading it is going to be of higher caliber than it was probably the year before. And so that's where I would say to you guys, like we all can't be our same selves from last year in this new world. If if so, someone else is going to be, you know, leading that ship. So now's the time to make sure that we're building into ourselves the capability, the knowledge, uh, the leadership um, skills to be prepared to be that person. Because our, our churches need those people. And honestly, there's no better person than the person who's sitting in the chair today or in the, in the analogy last year. Like They know it more than, than anybody else. But if we don't build ourselves up and if, we just be, or if we're just passive, we're not going to be that person in the chair. And that person is going to be at a disadvantage because they don't, they don't understand the ministry of the church. They don't understand you know, how it's been done before. Um, so to think that we can be passive in this um, is probably not going to work. Um, long-term, you know, there's going to be changes. So we have time and, and we have a, our, each other as a community to kind of pull together to say, hey, you, maybe you know something about that. Can I meet with you and help, help, help you share about that. I know something about this. Maybe I can share that. Um, but it's also going out to external resources too. There's never been a better time in this world to learn things than now. Like for 50 bucks, you can learn anything. And for, <laughs> and for no bucks, you can, you can do a lot too. But don't be concerned. I'm so shocked at how many people don't want to spend 30 bucks to take a class and they'll go take a free one that's you know basically garbage. It's 50 bucks. Like... That is like the investment on that is ridiculous. People in history would have paid fortunes to have access to the same stuff we can get for 50 bucks. So don't be afraid to pay 50 bucks. Don't always go free. Same thing with tools. Sometimes I see people not wanting to buy a, a tool. Maybe it's a couple hundred dollars, but they'd rather use a free one that's just nowhere near as, as useful or as valuable or as effective. It's like it's a couple hundred bucks. The the return on investment on that is huge. That's one thing I, I was reading once a, a list of what makes rich people different than normal people. And the biggest thing, or two biggest things, was one is risk. They're not afraid of risk. But the biggest one and the biggest thing that I don't have is they're not afraid of using their money to make more money. And that's the same thing with this. Is like We've got to be able to use a little bit of money to, to make something bigger, better, and and if that's just a, a $50 class or a $100 class or a $500 class or $200 tool, like we can't be afraid of investing. In it, even if that means we have to pay for it ourselves. Like it's not always the job of 
the employer to keep the skill sets of the people cutting edge. Mm -hmm. Should they invest some? Yeah, probably for sure. Like that would that makes sense. But if you're relying on your employer to give you all of that, you know, you you're probably setting yourself up for unreal expectations. I mean, that might be a little controversial, but I don't. I've never seen it as my employer's job to keep me cutting edge. Um, am I grateful when they invest in something? You bet, I am, and I take full advantage of what I what they will give. But I'm not afraid to buy a course myself. I'm not afraid to buy a book myself. I'm not afraid to buy even a couple hundred dollar tool sets if it's going to make me better. Um, and that's not to make me better so I can go leave and find a, a job that will give me those tool sets. It's to make me better so I can be better for this this current role and service it as best as I can. You know, I think a lot of um, churches have positioned their IT teams to be reactive and tactical. And I think this is probably the year, as you're saying, where we need to um, kind of remake ourselves into strategic leaders. And that may not be something that's handed to you from a, a table that has all the other positional leaders around it. But it is something that you can lean into and grow. And um, you will be the best advocate inside your organization for how ministry and technology can come together because you have some unique experience in that area. But if you don't have the leadership and communication skills, and if you haven't put the time towards strategic thinking, you're not going to be able to earn a seat around that table. And it will happen around you and without you. And in some cases, they'll bring in someone else that does demonstrate those things, but may not have your insight into how your ministry should function and how you can support it. Because leadership needs to see a strategic leader with good communication skills. So that may be something that you need to lean into when you're looking at what is my learning and growth plan for myself over the next six months. Definitely keep your technical skills sharp. But do you have the advocacy, the leadership, and the communication skills you need to earn a, a seat at the table by demonstrating uh, the caliber of leader that you are. Yeah, and you keep saying an important word, earn. Like, right. I think a lot of times we expect to be given a seat at the table, but you have to earn that seat. Everybody who has that seat has earned it. It's easy to say, well, no, they just have always had that. Well, most churches are started by somebody, right? And that person, right. trust me, like, Starting something from nothing is so incredibly difficult. I mean, I've learned that. I have a whole huge, I've always had respect, but I have a huge amount of respect for founding pastors. So when you start something from nothing, that is so much harder than taking something that's already there mm -hmm. to the next level. Yeah, and they don't just give the, the, the reins to other people based on just being friends. They, they will do it based on the capabilities and skills of that person. And if they do have that friendship, it never stays. Like, no. Sometimes that might give you a temporary seat at the table, but if you can't keep it, if yeah. you can't, you won't, you won't have it for very long. I think one time I at a conference I said, "Do do you think any of your pastors, if a, uh, a IT highly valued IT consultant came into the church and said, hey, 'Hey, I'd love to meet with you and talk about digital strategy,' do you not think any of those pastors would take that call? They would. They're all dying to have someone who knows." a lot come tell them about that our job is to make sure that we're that person and and maybe that today you don't feel qualified and maybe that's true but that doesn't mean that you're not going to continue to be that find small things that you can you know highly research and 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 put time into and then take an, an executive summary and just say hey here's one idea i don't i know you don't have a lot of time let me just 
give you this executive summary, a sales pitch, uh, elevator pitch. I mean, those who are in the corporate world have to get their ideas well thought out, concise, and then pitch them. It's not that investors are out there, okay, give me a two hour pitch on this. Like you have 15 minutes, go. Um, but you get enough of those small ones, you'll get invited to the table. That's right. The best leaders are not solely positional leaders. Some people receive their position because they, it was solely a position leadership, but the best leaders are the ones who have earned their space there and they keep their position longest. Um, so do what you can to add value where you are and, and that will be noticed. So should they set a goal? to speak at next year's RX. Oh, RX. that's a great idea. I mean, put that goal, <laughs> you might not, you may not speak, but get yourself ready and start working on that aspect of you. And mm. you do have to set something out there that feels uncomfortable and you have to work toward it. Otherwise you don't grow and don't get stuck in the, in the mindset of because I am this today, I will be that tomorrow. You can be anything you put your mind to in most cases tomorrow. Well, the best way to learn something is to teach something. Mm-hmm. And even when I'm doing the the architecture series, sometimes I pick topics. I'm like, we need this needs to be addressed. And I don't even know the I don't even know what what to say. I don't even know what the right points are. But by putting it, you know, on my chart and saying, okay, this is what I need to work on, I start researching, I start experimenting, and everything that comes out of it, I didn't most of it, I didn't know going into it. There's yeah. some I did, but talk, not a lot. Talk about a mindset. You know, look at Elon Musk. 15 years ago, he knew nothing about rockets. He is now leading the number one, you know, non-governmental uh, agency on space travel. Like when he read it all, like he he's he like, read. He, he became his own teacher and taught mm-hmm. himself rockets. Like he is the main rocket scientist at at SpaceX. That's ridiculous. Well, and <laughs> he's Elon Musk, though. But the difference between Elon Musk and the rest of us is we have the same number of hours. We have approximately the same amount of smarts. Maybe he has a slight gift, but not. there's so much that's being put on giftedness when it's actually just effort and focus. And mindset. And maybe we don't want to, maybe not everybody can give up their whole lives to that. But you can do amazing things with with not having to give up your whole life. You might not go to Mars. You might not build a rocket to Mars, but you can probably solve problems at your church. For sure. That no one else sees. And it just takes effort and mindset. Right. And John, you said critically focus. I think that's important, too, because Elon Musk didn't move every potential thing forward at the rate that he did understanding a rocket ship. He moved that forward. He's Now he's moved a few things forward. But he didn't pick everything in the world. He's not the best at everything out there. He had to focus on what's the thing I want to learn and what am I going to do about it? That's his secret. And that's not everything. And you know, one thing he's really not great at, and honestly- Communication. Yeah. <laughs> public public speaking is he's not good at it, but does he stop doing it? No. And I remember I was, the first time I saw him speak at a conference, I literally thought he was hyped up on drugs or something because <laughs> I was like, "What? get him off the stage. He's embarrassing himself. But his content was good. He still got his points across, yep. and he didn't stop. He didn't go, "Well, this isn't my best thing. I'm not Steve Jobs." But, and I think actually most people find it kind of endearing now. Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. I'm like, I kind of like it. I, I like that he's up there doing that. It's very down to earth. It yeah. is. It's super authentic. Yeah. But we would get up there and say, "Oh, that was horrible." But there's no difference. Like we we find it endearing. Um, I think. A word that's really important to me right now, and you're going to start hearing it a lot, 
all over the place in different places is the word diligent. I think that is like the best word for what we need right now in this space and in, and in our community and in rock is diligence. It means don't rush. Like rushing has the connotation of being like crazy and, and not structured. We need structured, yeah. but we need intense focus. Um, and I just love that word diligent. It also doesn't mean like you're working like 50 hour days. Not that's even possible, but diligence doesn't mean you're working like super long hours. Although I think honestly, long hours are needed right now to build ourselves up and to build up these strategies. We shouldn't be afraid of that. Like it might be a call that we need to work a little bit harder, but diligence, the, the word is, is about focusing every moment. And I just love that word. It's really easy to start a lot of things and finish nothing because our excitement moves and our focus moves. And, you know, everything in our culture right now seems like it it ties into that from social media to, you know, uh, different entertainment avenues. And and that's never going to get you anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, again, proud of the community because there's so many people in the community who are diligent and you're seeing mm-hmm. the growth in them and you're just like, it's, it's, um, I mean, it's, it's impressive and it, it inspires me to see them doing that. And it makes me want, it inspires me to want to do more myself. So as much as, as you might not see it yourself, just know that when you guys work hard and, and you do something incredible, either at the conference or, or a recipe or just even helping a certain person, it's inspiring to, to us. It's, an, it's inspiring to the rest of the community. Yep. Set your yardstick against yourself, right? You don't have to measure yourself against other people. And don't forget that the growth that you have over time, the things you're doing now that you weren't doing last year, don't just assume that that's because it's easy and anybody could do it. You worked hard for that. Um, So don't undersell the fact that you worked hard and don't let that discourage you from continuing on that steep growth track. Yeah, because nobody has all the answers or even, I think, it's it's probably fair to say like 95% of the answers people come to me for, I got it off Google, like <laughs> easy. Like it's totally true. Like that's your secret. <laughs> my mom doesn't, I mean, I think I've said that on the podcast before. My mom doesn't think, I, she goes, what do you do all day? I'm like, I Google all day. She's like, well, no, you don't. You know how you know all this stuff. I'm like, no, I literally Google hundreds of times a day. I'm really good at picking keywords and, and the right expression to type into Google. It's no different than being at a library and sifting through the card catalog and grabbing a book. So it's it's not like cheating. That's just the way it's always been done. It's just faster now. Right. But when people come to me with a question, a lot of times I'm just Googling it and sending it back to them. And I, and I yes, I know about the website you can send them. That's Let me Google that for you. Yeah, that, I don't do that. I don't need to be <laughs> passive aggressive about it. I just... But... So don't think that people who seem to have answers have all the answers. They just have a good way of finding the right answer and and they're diligent about doing it. I think most of the answers the world needs right now, nobody has or nobody in the right circle has access to right now or has that information on hand. So don't just hand off the ability to get answers to someone else because you don't have it today. And the future of rock is you. Wow. That's true. That's a good way to wrap it up. I don't know what else we could possibly say after that. The future of rock is you. Thanks for joining us today.
This episode of Rockcast is brought to you by Rock sponsor IT OneSource. Any IT products and services solutions can be acquired through IT OneSource. Connect with them today at rockrms.com/sponsors. <laughs>